Saturday the 30th of September 2017. This morning the sun is shining brightly and the spider's web on the corner of the house is still looking very beautiful. In the early morning light it has an ethereal light about it. For those of you that are wondering, the lone pigeon who insisted on lingering around its place of birth hasn't been seen for a couple of days. I really miss him or her and the inquisitive looks into the kitchen at what was going on. I hope it is good news and they have found a winter billet and somewhere near a good source of food. It is not difficult for pigeons around these parts, as after the harvest has been brought in, there is a residue of wheat ears or corn lying in the numerous fields down below in the valley. If not, they can always return to the rise, where both Nicky and I hang numerous hangers and containers for the birds' emergency rations through the winter. We have a wide variety of birds visit us because we put out a wide variety of seeds, nuts, corn and grain. During the very cold weather we put out hard fat basins and coconut shells impregnated with seeds. No one will go hungry. I hope that my crows will return this winter. They left unceremoniously when I stopped putting out food during the rat crisis. I enjoyed calling to them in the mornings and they would reply from across the valley and be with me in minutes. <clears throat> there were three of them, and we know that they were mum, dad and offspring. We watched the family come together one spring a few years ago. They made lots of mess and were very noisy, but very clever apparently. The Corvid family, which consists of crows, rooks and ravens, have a high IQ for birds. They have, for instance, worked out how to get motorists on main roads and motorways to crack their nuts for them. They sweep down with a whole nut and drop it onto the road. They then wait for a car to drive over the nut and afterwards swoop down and happily feed off the result. Clever birds. This morning is chutney making morning for me, using the apples grown in our garden. David is going to hunt for hens with Rosie and Jonty. Oh well, the day eventually took a different shape than that which we planned. No raisins or sultanas in the pantry halted the making of the chutney. I no longer keep either of these delicious dried fruits in the house because of the danger to our dogs and always use them up as I require them for cooking. The reason is quite convoluted and the risk too great for the dogs. After one of my close friend's Labradors spent the weekend on a drip at the vets and almost died, we're very respectful of how harmful raisins are to dogs. In my friend's dog case, the scenario was a bit different. She'd taken him down to the church with her to help with other volunteers make up the oranges for the Christingle service, which we always have at our church every Christmas Eve afternoon. Hector, as the adorable hound was, called, managed to make off with a whole packet of raisins and ate them. And of course raisins are deadly to dogs and have a potential to kill them along with chocolate. There is a great number of foods that we humans eat that are not suitable for dogs. Among them are garlic, leeks and onions, all from the Allium family and are all used commonly in food which we eat. We should be cautious when giving our animals companions anything that we have prepared for our own food. In the case of Hector, he survived, but while the children were young and subject to raiding the pantry for raisins, which inevitably get dropped on the floor for Rafa and Millie to vacuum up, 
Therefore, the answer has been to only buy raisins as I've needed to use them. Once again, the chutney making will have to wait until Monday. But everything is ready for that operation. The day, however, has not been wasted, and as usual, it was a busy Saturday, both gardening and in the house. I decided to give the conservatory a good clean in readiness for potting up the geraniums and bringing them in into the house. We have had the same geranium plants for years now and occasionally take cuttings for a new generation. Some of the older ones are huge and after being picked over for dead leaves and blossom and renewing their soil, they go into the conservatory for the winter before the first frost come. They reward us with a wonderful bright red blooms throughout the winter season, refusing to rest and become dormant. They're almost all geranium red, but there are a few white ones, and they fill the floor and windowsills of the conservatory, which we rarely use in the winter, but we can see the cheerful blooms from the dining room. A bright sight on a dull winter's day. They manage very well with just a little water once a week, and grow even bigger for the garden next year. I do the same with the geraniums hanging on the fences at the allotment and bringing them home for protection until next week, next spring. And the frosts are over. I know that some people just compost them, but it always seems such a waste to me. They do become very leggy, but they still make very good mother plants for taking cuttings. It has been a very busy day in spite of no chutney being made. Sunday the 1st of October 2017 It is raining a little and obviously been raining a lot all night long. As we went to church this morning, the world smelled washed, clean. That sharp earthy smell that only rain brings. Everything looks brighter and renewed in the early morning sun. Autumn is dragging her feet this year and slow to come, holding on to her varying shades of green wardrobe, as if to surprise us with her glorious golds, reds and browns of the new season's apparel. Our road is scattered with the first winged seed fall, and there is still a faint memory of a smell of the pungent lime trees' heavy summer scent. As I make my way to church, I have the tune and lyrics of the latest song that David has written. He has been inspired by the legendary story of the tulip tree. The story tells how the tulip tree grew in the Garden of Eden, near the entrance which was guarded by an angel. After Eve had been tempted by the devil and had called Adam to sin, also God is so angry with them for disobeying him that he makes them leave this wonderful paradise. Eve is carried out, and at her last-ditch attempt to stay, her teeth grabs at the leaf of the tulip tree, and the top is subsequently bitten out. They say the legends is why the tulip tree leaf has such a strange shape, just as if what should have been the top configuration is missing. These folk tales are charming, even though unbiblical. David's song is very beautiful. And while it is taking form, he spends hours on his guitar in various parts of the house writing and practising it. Consequently, the whole family ends up singing or humming it, even before it is finished. Today passed uneventfully, just as Sundays were meant to be, with me taking the children to the swimming baths, with Rachel, who loves to sit and watch the children's antics in the water, 
as I also do. They're becoming really good swimmers now, and this regular activity ticks a box for homeschool under physical education. And because it is on Sundays, it frees up time in the week for extra subjects. They usually spend from three to five o'clock swimming, diving and playing ball games in the water. Marshall usually brings his friends Morgan and Luke along too. They are the sons of my friend Joe and two more delightful boys you couldn't meet. My boys Tom and Marshall have known them since they were all tiny. They all went to bed this evening tired but happy and looking forward to a new week ahead.